got nine minutes to maximize your travel and casino experience? Welcome to Zorkcast, powered by Travel Zork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. From airline miles and hotel points to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all of the knowledge you need to travel in style, brought to you in nine minutes or less. Okay, well, sometimes more than nine minutes, but always less than 36. Now, please welcome the hosts of Zorkcast, your friendly neighborhood American, Michael Mason Traeger, and everyone's favorite Brit, Steve White. Welcome to Zorkcast, episode 98. Is that right? I think I've got that right. 98, Michael? I hope it's right. If it's but, not, but, but, we're yes. basically recording another episode really vaguely for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have a history of bungling the intro. You know, I will tell you a funny thing about Zorkast is that I never say the episode numbers because I sometimes would want to rearrange and, and drop episodes differently. So I never did that. But I think this one... So this is episode... 98. So, as I always laugh and I say, guess what we're going to talk about today? I, we, and of course, they've already read what the title is. So, Steve, what will we be talking about today? The very, very exciting topic of UK casinos reopening from August 1st. It's been a long time coming. Yes, it has been because UK casinos closed down in March. I think it was the 20th. Right. Casinos are one of the last things to open in the UK since they started reopening most things on the 4th of July. Am I I'm yes. pretty correct about that, right? Yeah, so the 4th of July was things like pubs. And I think restaurants were able to open from the 4th, weren't they? I think you went to a restaurant, right? And then hotels <laughs> could reopen, barbers could reopen, but nothing else. And then recently, gyms have been able to reopen. I think on the 25th of July, gyms reopened. So only just two days ago. And now on the first, casinos can reopen amongst a few other things. But we don't care about these other things. We care about the casinos reopening. Right. And we didn't really understand why casinos weren't allowed to open earlier because it's – but I think a little bit of it, I think you and I were surmising had to do with regulatory authority in addition to the fact that – Casinos are owned by rather large companies, so they wanted to be extra cautious in the opening. Or maybe the government yeah, did. I mean, I it was a little, it was think, a little think, hard to figure. I think the government also kind of were just thinking, let's test the waters. And although we love casinos, the casino industry is not as big here as perhaps it is elsewhere in the world. It would have been more of a priority for the general population, for example, for pubs to reopen. So I think that's part of it as well. I think, you know, we had things like theme parks reopening before casinos and such. So I think it's partly to do with the makeup of of the population here as well and the government being perhaps slightly cautious. Yeah. So right now we're talking about where we're releasing this episode a few days before we're going to the casino openings on August 1st. Not all of the casinos in London, but a few of them. Some of the biggest changes for the casinos, I think are obviously social distancing. You know, tables have fewer players, like blackjack tables will only have three players. Larger baccarat tables will have four players. Some casinos have put in the perspex screens on the gaming tables. 
you've got to sanitize your hands before you go in. I think the Hippodrome have actually put in literally wash basins right at the doors. You actually can wash your hands. That's an MGM thing. At Bellagio, they have those really nice hand-washing stations. Yeah. And when they reopened at Borgata this weekend, they also have those same really nice hand-washing stations. What else did I notice? I don't know if it's casino to casino, but I think poker is not opening, right, at most places, as far yes, as I and know. Also, I also read that Dice isn't reopening in a lot of places, too. I don't know if that'd be the case everywhere, but certainly, for example, at the Hippodrome, it's not. And considering there were only like two casinos with dice in the UK, but I think that's the procedures are sort of consistent with a lot of the procedures that they've had in the United States with regard to social distancing at the tables, casinos and gaming. Yeah. The the other interesting thing is some casinos are going to have, and I've seen this a lot over here, actually, even in pubs and hotels, a one-way system. It's the same in the shops here too. They have a one-way system in place. So you you have to maneuver around the casino or walk around the casino following a one-way system. You can't just walk backwards on yourself to get to a machine. You'd have to go all the way around. That's quite commonplace here at the moment. Um, And I don't think that's happening in Vegas, for example. But also a lot of, you know, a lot of these casinos really are not, I mean, I wouldn't call them small, but they, they definitely are a little bit more, crowded. I guess what I'm sort of curious about, so I I just pulled up the Caesars page. So it's like we said, three players at roulette, blackjack and three card poker, four players at the larger Punto Banco tables, at the larger Baccarat tables. They have said, very interesting here, where possible, procedures have been adjusted to allow only dealers to touch the cards. So this is leading me to believe that they're leaving it open for the casinos if they want to allow players to touch the cards at Baccarat or Punto Banco, because they didn't mm-hmm. say that players can't touch the cards. They said where possible. Uh, guests will not be able to congregate behind players. That's very obvious. Tables and seating will be clean and disinfected. Dealers will provide hand sanitizer to every arriving player. So I guess that is sort of like when you arrive in restaurants these days, a lot of restaurants require you to use the hand sanitizer. So I guess this is requiring you to use hand sanitizer when you sit at a table. Chips will be routinely disinfected and cards will be refreshed regularly. Dealers will wear masks and we encourage customers to do the same. Though, will casinos fall under the indoor mask rule? Because shops have an indoor mask. I have the answer to that. Ah, thank you. Apparently not. And this is coming from the Hippodrome, so I'm using the Hippodrome information. You are not under any obligation to wear a mask, but you can do so if you wish. For licensing purposes, anyone wearing a mask when entering the premises will be asked to remove it for a brief moment, clearly so they can verify who you are. Maybe it's different if you go into an area where you'll be eating, because I believe that you have to have the mask on if you go into any area that's like a takeaway system. Whereas if you're sitting down to eat, obviously you don't have to wear a mask. That's sort of interesting to me. So what they're saying is in the UK now that you're required to wear masks on public transportation and in shops, but you are not required to necessarily wear masks in the casino. That's sort of interesting. So if you go to a pub, you don't have to wear a mask. That's true. But it's confusing because if you go into a coffee shop and you're buying a takeaway, you have to wear a mask because you're technically going into a shop and you're buying something and then mm-hmm. you're taking it away. Whereas if you were to buy a coffee in a cafe and you were to have it in the cafe, you don't have to wear a mask because you're, you're in a restaurant then. 
So it's kind of confusing. Yes. Well, I'm going to have my mask with me. Because this is going to be a wait and see thing, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. And I, and I think also, you know, part of this comes under a density kind of situation. Though, I mean, on a very crowded night, casinos like Hippodrome and Empire would be as busy as the busiest shop, right? So, you know, just walking around. You see, this is the only thing I question here, because like at a casino, let's more of a private club casino like Playboy, very distanced, not a lot of people. It's not going to make a big difference. But to me, like when I've walked into Hippodrome, when it's been really crowded, the other thing that they haven't been clear about, which I'm wondering, is if they're going to limit capacity. And I haven't seen anything about that either. So that could make a very big difference, too. They're talking about capacity at the tables, you know, and obviously three people at a roulette table is not many. But I think I have the answer to that one, too. Look at me. I'm on form today. So... (laughs) The Hippodrome have said, because of social distancing rules, we will have to temporarily limit the number of visitors to the casino. And they hope queues will be an absolute minimum. <laughs> Sorry, lines for you Americans. <laughs> Maybe some delays at their busiest periods, which they expect to be a Friday and a Saturday, particularly in the evening. We advise you plan to visit the Hippodrome a little earlier in the day to avoid this. So there would be limits if they had to put them in, I guess. Oh, that's interesting. And the other thing that I think they also said is that they're going to have more, they're setting up more electronic roulette. So I think they're, I I think they're rearranging the floor for more like electronic stadium gaming thing. You know what the difficult thing about capacity controls in casinos is because when you have a capacity control in a shop, most people are coming in, doing a certain amount of shopping and then leaving. And then the next person comes in. But a casino is a tough one, right? Because you could sit down and play. Because you could stay there all day. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, if you like to play Punto Banco, you could sit and play for nine hours. It's not like you go in and do what you buy, what you're going to buy and come out. So that is sort of interesting. Obviously, people, you know, hit their bankroll limits, right? <laughs> they or they run out yeah. of money, so they often tend to leave. They're also having specific entrances and things. So you are supposed to enter the casino through one door and exit through another. I don't know how that's going to work with all casinos, but the bigger ones certainly are having um, separate entrance and exits, whereas previously you could go through either or. Is that also for temperature checks? Have you seen anything about that? I haven't seen anything about temperature checks. I presume there may be some in place, there may not be. Something else I found quite interesting is that some casinos are saying you can eat and drink whilst playing. I'm not not sure why you would want to do that, particularly a slot machine, but anyway. And some are saying that you can't. Um, I presume eating probably more so than drinking. And also what's interesting is a lot of the casinos have registered in the government scheme where you can get a lot of discount on food, which I thought was interesting because I hadn't really thought of that. So if you're going to a casino between Monday and Wednesday, you can get 50% discount on food and non-alcoholic drinks. Yeah. And some of the Caesars casinos are saying that they're not going to open their full service restaurants but they're going to have their bars yeah. will be open and and they'll have a limited bar menu available throughout the casino. I think that has so, less to do with like a safety thing in the restaurants, but just like number of employees and capacity and yeah, things like in that. in the kitchen and things. Oh, something I also find extremely interesting and that I think is very sensible. And this is an example again from the Hippodrome, partly because I've been browsing their website this morning. They have tripled their outdoor space and have moved more gaming than ever outside. Same as food and drink. They've now got more terraces than they've ever had before. They've got two new floors for an outside terrace. And 
that to me is probably the way a lot of casinos are going to go. They've got that outdoor space because the regulations are much more relaxed in the UK when you're outdoors. Like if you go to a pub now, a lot of people would rather sit outside. The government have changed the rules here. So you're allowed to have tables out more on the street, whereas previously you weren't allowed to do that. So that's quite interesting. And I think that's a very smart move. I've noticed that quite a bit. And the other thing, there's you're, you're missing the other really other advantage they have from increasing all these outdoor spaces. Smokers. That's right. They, <laughs> you know, because, you know, there are one or two casinos in the UK. I think it might be the casino that's in the, the Park Lane, where the Park Lane Hilton is. There are a couple of casinos that have large outdoor areas with gaming. And that's because the only place you can have smoking in the UK is on outdoor terraces. So I, you know, like Playboy has an outdoor terrace. I put it in quotation marks. Yes, the three sides of it are totally open, but it's got a roof on it, you know? So it's like, it's, it basically, it's outdoors, but it's not like outdoors where weather impacts you. Like maybe if the weather was super cold. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know you're slightly older, Michael. That's what a lot of nightclubs do in this country, too. They have outdoor areas with a little roof, but no walls. <laughs> yes. So that would make sense. I didn't even know Hippodrome had a... a, a I, I got that. I'm just moving on from from the arrogance. I'm just moving on. So unfriendly. I'm so unfriendly. I, you are. I didn't even realize that Hippodrome had outdoor space. Well, I think they had, I'm purely based on this on memory, I think they had one outdoor space previously, maybe two. Uh, now they've got more. Because isn't there like five levels to Hippodrome? I can't remember if it's four or five. Yeah, it's it's there is a lot. And Lola's casino in the basement. Yes. So I don't know if, I, I guess maybe it's harder to have an outdoor area in the basement. But you never know, because <laughs> there's some real crazy building structures in London. But certainly they've tripled their outdoor space. And if they've said they've added two extra, then that would suggest, therefore, how can you triple if you've only got one? Or am I just being really stupid here? You know what? In some of these places, like you said, the buildings are so weird and the layouts are so strange. Unless you were really familiar with the property, you just might not. If you weren't familiar with the casino, you Uh, might have no idea. Yeah. And here's the thing. Most UK casinos... Certainly in London, not further afield, okay, but in London are not purpose-built casinos. They're old buildings that have been converted into casinos. Like the Hippodrome, you know, was not originally a casino. So these buildings are not set up in the way you might expect them to be set up. Exactly. It's sort of interesting, you know. I mean, it'll be interesting to note. We are going to – we have a little schedule for the day, right? We're going to start with a – proper posh breakfast, which will mean that we probably will want a nap afterwards, which we won't be able to have. (laughs) 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 Which is how I always feel after breakfast in the UK, like you need a nap. I definitely won't be eating an English breakfast because that stuff just destroys me (laughs) on many levels. (laughs) This is so interesting because I feel like now I need to predict what you're going to have for breakfast. I feel like you'd be like a smashed avocado on toast on like a sourdough bread kind of guy, or maybe a smoked salmon. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll report back on that. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> well, now you know, so you're not going to order those, are you? I'm going to have a full English breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you I will not have a full English <laughs> breakfast. And I pretty much so guarantee you I won't have anything with hollandaise sauce. I'm sorry. So oh uh, that's... God, Eggs Benedict. Oh, man. 
You're disappointing me already. I'm sorry. So so anyway, after our posh breakfast, we are planning to go to Playboy Casino for the opening, which we hear is going to be around one o'clock in the afternoon. Then we're going to spend a little bit of time at Playboy, and then we're going to go from Playboy to Leicester Square to visit Hippodrome and Empire. Does that sound about right? Yep. Sounds like a plan. You were, you were waiting for me to call it Leicester Square. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I definitely was. And then I thought, well, some you're very, you're very good at changing your words, though. Like you say, like British words to me. Like you don't say, you don't say eggplant to me, or you don't say line. You say cue. The word I have the most trouble with is schedule. I cannot do that. I, I must say schedule. I know it's just one of those words that I laugh every time at the British pronunciation. Well, I say schedule. I, th- I say schedule. Does my way sound yeah. different? I don't know. You, you have a slight schedule. <laughs> you, you, yours is very <laughs> slight. There are a couple of words. That word and aluminium. <laughs> I cannot stand it. Aluminium, like, it that's aluminum? a word. I mean, it doesn't sound anything like aluminium. It doesn't like read like that. Well, actually it does, but, you know, crazy Americans. But, you know, it's an interesting thing with language. Words like Q are just like substitution. Like an American would say, you know, line. I would say I'm putting my trash in the garbage, you know, instead of rubbish in the bin. But it's not a pronunciation issue, right? Americans say rubbish. You know what the best, you know, the best, the best one is? What do we, you, you know what we call a, an eraser? A rubber. Yes, I know you call it a rubber. Yes. And I was, uh, <laughs> I'm so childish. <laughs> I have a funny story about that difference in word usage. I'm gonna, I'll throw you in at the weekend on it. Look, this is not the place for that story. So then after we go to those two casinos, I was thinking maybe also we would head over to the casino, the Vic, the Victoria Casino, you think? Yeah. If they're open. Yeah, I'd say I, I don't know which ones are definitely open on the first, other than the major ones like in Leicester Square. But the Vic is pretty historic. So I, yeah. I'm going to add that to our list for after that we're going to go to the Vic. And then I think that will pretty much so. And then I'm going to maybe end up back at Playboy. And I guess you're going to, it's just going to depend on your time. But then I'll probably play some Baccarat and finish my, finish my day off that way. That- this total schedule is going to go out the window and we're going to basically get the Playboy and then 10 hours later, you'll be dragging well, me out of there. <laughs> well, you know, the interesting thing is you are a slot player and you want to, and UK slots are totally different than, than American yeah. slots. They're even weird about the way you load the money up. Yeah. This is like a great conversation for Americans. Like an American slot, you put in a hundred dollars and the denomination is whatever, and you just start playing. Slots in the UK are totally different than that. It's totally baffling to me the way that they operate. Maybe you could fill in the the short story on that. Well, it's kind of hard to explain it, isn't it? Because it's sort of, I think the best way to describe it is it's, you almost need to look at a picture of, of a UK slot machine in the screen, but it's kind of like you have like a, you have like a separate little area. I can't remember what they call it. They call it like the bank or something. You don't have immediate access to all of the funds unless you allow that access. That isn't a good way of explaining it. But the idea is to stop people just gambling their winnings away straight away. You have to make the conscious decision to do so, if that makes sense. Yes. And I guess the only advantage to it is you can never make a mistake like you do in the United States where you load 
a hundred dollars in a machine and you don't realize that it's set at like 50 lines at two dollars <laughs> and all of a sudden all of yeah. your your hundred dollars is gone with one spin but i just find it to be slightly baffling the way that it operates i just i think it's just it's cumbersome it's to do with trying to stop problem gambling i think yeah and uk casinos are very limited on the number of slot machines that they can have it's like a maximum of 150 and that's only if you have a big license and there's only like eight casinos in the uk that have that license which is why you get a lot of machines that are like multi-game so you might have one machine but it's got maybe 20 games on it there's also like a jackpot issue like there were no like really big jackpots if i remember correctly there's no because right there's no like hundred thousand there's no hundred thousand pounds two hundred thousand pounds maximum maybe 10. I'm not, I might be making that up, but I think there may be like 10 is the maximum, but there's no taxes. So there are some benefits, I guess. Yeah, that's true. I don't think we have progressives. I think because, you know, a progressive falls apart when you have a maximum jackpot that's so low. Yeah. And also, aren't progressives actually not paid directly by the casino? Aren't they paid by the company? I don't know. You know what? Here's the funny thing about it, which when I think about it immediately, Probably the fact that the UK has a cap on jackpots, whatever the cap is, whatever, probably doesn't really impact you on a practical basis, right? Because the really large jackpots on most slot machines, like I think they they showed this weekend somebody on a quarter wheel of fortune hitting 260,000 at the D. The chance of hitting those progressives is so ridiculously rare that you almost it's a statistical anomaly like you almost throw it out so the fact that the uk doesn't have these big jackpots probably doesn't really impact the play of an individual session with regard to how much you win or how much you lose but to me the whole purpose of slots and you could correct me if i'm wrong is a dream like you're dreaming of yes. winning a big jackpot. Like the, to me, what I think is brilliant about the marketing of a lot of the U.S. slots is like it's a penny machine. Okay, it's not really a penny, yeah. but maybe you do 50 cents a spin depending on how many lines mm. or maybe you do a dollar a spin or maybe you do $5 a spin. But there's usually some indicator that the top prize is $150,000, $300,000, $50,000. That whole concept that for a 50 cent spin or a $2 spin or a $5 spin that you could win $300,000. I think is makes it very compelling to people, even though logically, just like with lottery, even though they, you know people know that they're not going to win it, but there's still the hope, the dream. And I think it's a little depressing in the UK because there's no real hope and dream there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, 10,000 is nice. Some, I think there's also some casinos, I don't know if this is still the case now, I, but I can't, I, it's been so long since I've been in the UK casino. But you didn't use to even put cash in the machine. You used to have to buy a voucher and then put the voucher in. I think that may have changed now. Yeah. So we'll check it all out and report back. And that's our plan. Is there there anything else that you'd like to add about? We will put some links in the show notes to Caesars UK, Hippodrome, Victoria. We will, to all the health and safety, we will put all those in the show notes so that you can look them over. Maybe if you have any ideas or any questions for us about the casino opening, you will have a chance, hopefully, to listen to this episode right before we go to the casino opening. But I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, oh. and I guess the only thing to add is uh, make sure you keep follow us on social media because we'll, that's probably the quickest way to get updates on the day is through our respective social media pages, right? 
Right. And we also plan to do some live streaming. So yes. we're not exactly sure what we're doing yet because also UK casinos are real wonky with video. So mm. we're trying to figure that out, but definitely follow us on social media, join the Facebook group, because if we are going to do something that's live streaming, it's going to be very last minute <laughs> because we, we can't really <laughs> plan this stuff very well. So if you want to catch it, you'll have to follow the social channels or catch the replay. Yes, absolutely. And, and so if you want to follow us, then. I'm uh, at Las Vegas UK on Twitter. Michael, I'll let you do yours. At Travelzork. And since this is about the UK casino openings and you are the British half of this amazing podcast, I will let you just do the final words. Oh my God. Are you putting me on the spot again? This is so unfair. Again. <laughs> <laughs> you did this with the intro. Because you're going to do the intro today. This is what Michael loves to do. I think I've mentioned that before. Make sure that you check out all of our coverage on the first, even if there's very little, because at the very least, you'll get to see what Michael actually chooses to have for breakfast. Sounds fabulous. And until next time. You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Insta at TravelZork and on the ZorkCast Facebook group. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, dream big and remember, a dollar won is twice as sweet as a dollar earned. 